Welcome to the Tanya Acker Show. Welcome to the podcast. Sophia Fredericks, your new movie is I'm Charlie Walker. I just saw it. I loved it. It's great. And thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so, so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So I'm Charlie Walker, based on a true story. I didn't know the story of Charlie Walker. Uh, tell us about this movie. So this movie is about uh, a real oil spill that happened in 1971 in the San Francisco Bay Area. And like a lot of things that happened before social media, there is no record of it. There's like, and Charlie Walker wrote a book. He wrote a little book about his experience with it um, as a black man, as a black trucker during the time. And then this movie was done in, you know, in that based on that book. And we're glad that it was because otherwise this story would be lost. His story would be lost. And, you know, a record of this, another oil spill yet again in our history would be lost as well. And it's such an interesting record of a time because not only uh, is it a record of, a, of an oil spill, but it's a, it's a record of a certain cultural moment in America. Um, Charlie Walker, as you mentioned, African-American trucker, had uh, his own business and was uh, prime. I don't want to give away too much of the movie, but was primed to be one of the uh, folks who was uh, there to clean up the spill. And he's based in what folks think of as liberal old San Francisco, but liberal old San Francisco was not so kind to Charlie Walker, uh, the black, <laughs> the black contractor. Uh, well, it, tell us a little bit about that, Sophia. It was sort of a, it's not what people expect of San Francisco. <laughs> Absolutely, and you know, as someone who's from the Bay Area, born and raised, like it's it's never been the liberal bastion that everyone likes to think that it is. I mean, I think if you're black or a person of color who's from there. You, you know the places that where you didn't go. You know the places that were, um, you've had experiences in, in various places that were, that were just plain racist. And we're talking about um, a place where a lot of policies were very liberal, and, but the way that people were treated on a regular basis were not. And so Charlie Walker had a difficult time becoming a trucker because, you know, the people did not want him to have a truck. But unfortunately, this oil spill was something that affected everyone. And because they needed all hands on deck, because they needed as many folks as possible to help clean this up, he was given an opportunity then to help out. And he took that opportunity and not only did his job, but he did it so well that he caught the attention of so many people. And I think it's unfortunate because, you know, this oil spill affected everyone in the Bay. It didn't just affect Black people. And so you would think that you would want everyone who can help and everyone who was equipped to help and who wanted to help to do so. But yeah, that's that's the bay for you, though. I don't want to give away the movie. The movie's I'm Charlie Walker. You can buy it or rent it on Apple TV. That's where I saw it. Where else can you see it, Apple, Sophia? Apple, on Amazon. Um, Amazon. On Apple TV, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely streaming. I'm Charlie Walker. And it's so interesting because... 
there's a part of the movie where essentially it's clear they really don't want to hire this black man to do the work, but they're also in the middle of a massive environmental disaster. So it's kind of like, are we going to choose our racism <laughs> over the oil spill? And exactly. then they ultimately, um, <laughs> they ultimately, uh, just because the situation was so bad, uh, racism lost. Racism lost that day. Uh, did you, you play Charlie Walker's wife, um, and she is really an interesting character because I think that sometimes, you know, when you see uh, women, like uh, women who are portraying the, you know, the, the woman behind the man, and in this case, in fairness, it really is Charlie Walker's story. Um, but she's, she's a very nuanced character because, you know, sometimes there's, you know, a tendency to just sort of, uh, suggest that these women are just, you know, I'm supporting you, whatever you want, it's all good. Or, uh, you know, how could you do this? But you really do a good job of demonstrating that, you know, when your partner is in the trenches like that, you're going to go through a lot of stuff. And your character, uh, and, you know, you've got children, she goes through a lot of stuff in the movie. Uh, did you have a chance to meet the, the real Ann Walker? when you did this? Yeah, I didn't actually until, until after the movie, um, unfortunately, but I think that like the way the part was written, which I thought was just so beautiful. Um, it just spoke to, I think a lot of women who are in the precarious position of supporting, of supporting husbands who are doing something risky, wanting to support, but also knowing that the burden, any, any financial downturns falls very heavily on uh, the woman in the family who was raising the children, and there's three of them, right? So, <laughs> so there's a lot to manage and to think about. And I think that I thought about my mom, I thought about all of the Black women that I know who have uh, supported men through decisions that they thought were maybe less than smart. But at the end of the day, they were tasked with holding it down, so to speak, on the home front, and also knowing that they're partners had their best interests at heart and had the family's best interests at heart. So I think that that does make for a more complicated story. That does make for a more nuanced view rather than just, you know, it's all good and I love you and anything you want. It's like, you know, most black women don't really operate like that. You know, we're always going to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, in the case of Ann Walker and what people will see in this movie is that it wasn't just trying to, you know, help him figure out how to make ends meet. I mean, there's some real drama uh, that Ms. Walker and the kids had to endure as a result of Charlie deciding that he was going to go where uh, not very many Black folks had gone before. Uh, you are from the Bay Area. Uh, having grown up there, what did it feel like for you uh, being able to be a part of telling this story? It felt like a great honor, honestly. I think... Um it, the Bay Area does have such a rich history, Black history, and also so nuanced. You know, I think when people think about it, they think often about like um, artistic achievements. Um, they think about the Black Panthers. And I think that those are two bastions of our culture that are very important. But I think that there are also ways in which the Bay um can speak to a story like this very uniquely uh, because of the racism of the time 
And because of the fact that it had been so traditionally integrated, you know, people, Maya Angelou was famously the first black um, trolley car conductor in, in San Francisco. I think that that's such an interesting and fun fact. And so think about the fact that, you know, Maya Angelou, who we all know as like, you know, one of the great artists of our time, poet, actor, singer, um, author, you know, had to endure her own racism just to drive a trolley car in San Francisco. And not just for Black folks, but for all folks. When you think about, you know, Harvey Milk was assassinated. You know, here's a, a gay <laughs> a gay government official who was assassinated in San Francisco. So that kind of tells you about where we actually were or, and are. And so it means a lot to me to bring any story that is involving the Bay to life, because I think that it is such a rich place and has such a unique history. And I think there are so many aspects of our history there that still haven't been told. You know, I think about um, the the Chinese uh, brothels and stuff that that were that were super popular, like back in the day. And like, I just think there's so many other aspects of diversity when it comes to the Bay that have yet to be told. Um, and so I'm always very honored when I get to tell a story, especially one that people don't know about or people haven't thought about, but can really only be told in the Bay. And also, as you point out, Sophia, it's a story that comes from the Bay, but really has resonance throughout time and for all kinds of people. I mean, you know, look, we're right now in a moment where a lot of people are struggling. Like folks are looking at gas at $7 a gallon. Um, people are figuring out how they're going to feed their families. And they have to sometimes make these hard decisions in the face of incredible obstacles. And so when you look at someone like Charlie Walker, who did what he did in 1971, when, you know, again, let, let's just face it, people were not excited to see Black folks uh, running things, you know? I mean, there's a whole, <clears throat> I think that when you sort of think about, uh, I don't know how to describe it, levels or layers of racism, there's like the obvious and overt kind where people say, oh, I just don't like people who don't look like me. I think that that's, you know, it's harder, that's more rare. I think what's more common is for someone to say, you know what, I'm not sure that somebody like you and your package should be doing uh, the things that you are doing. You should be uh, doing something else. You should be working for somebody. You should not be the boss. And that was really kind of the theme of Charlie Walker. Like he was going through life in these situations where people, it wasn't like they hated him, you know, they didn't say get out of the room, you know, N word. They just said, we don't want you sitting at this table. But at the end yeah. of the day, they had to because of the circumstances. Don't you think that there is a really important lesson there, Sophia, for people right here, right now, today? Huge, huge lesson uh, for people right here, right now today. And thank you for saying that. One is that we're so afraid of the word racism and we're so afraid of what that means that we're afraid to see how it operates in the subtle ways in life. And so I think that that is a very important thing for folks to realize is that it doesn't always look like someone just yelling the N-word to somebody. Sometimes it just looks like I'm going to make this harder for you. 
I'm going to make you, I'm going to, this person can just go over to that line, but for you, I'm going to ask you for five different things before I maybe let you get over there. And I think that people need to understand that that's how it operates. And the other thing is that, you know, for the, all the adversity that we face now to understand that there have been folks always that have been the only one, been the first one whose names we don't know, like Charlie Walker, who have made it that much easier for someone else down the line. And I think that one of the things that we can take from this film is that you in every, in some aspect of your life may be that person or may have the opportunity to be that person. And what you have to do is you have to go up against that obstacle and you may not get the accolades and what and be lauded as like you think you should be, but it shouldn't be about that. It can't be about that because it has to be about us helping everyone out and us making it better for those who are coming behind us. And that has to be our goal. Let's talk a little bit about your career. Um, in addition to I'm Charlie Walker, uh, you can also be seen and sorry to bother you. Another, just that was such a creative, inventive movie. I really enjoyed it. Talk to us about being an African-American woman getting work in Hollywood today. Uh, we hear about the racism. We hear about the colorism. All you have to do is, you know, I mean, you can... I see these things. I also know, um, you know, I, I feel like there is uh, more diversity now than there was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But what's it like being in the mix? What's it like going up for parts? Uh, you know, are you equally considered for all kinds of roles? Um, or do you find yourself being more pigeonholed than you'd like? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's definitely challenging. I think that it's challenging. Like you said, yes, there is far more diversity than we're used to. And I think the, our definition of what is diversity, though, is so different because we're not, it's, it's sometimes, I, I think about like when Scandal was on TV and How to Get Away with Murder and everyone was like, everyone, Black women are leading all these shows. And it's like, there's two shows. There's two. <laughs> There's two shows. There's two. Like, if we actually counted. Black you women know, are taking over TV. Uh, they're taking over. There's two. There's two. And at any given time, there's actually really only a, a couple. And I think that, like, when you look at the actual numbers, like, when you actually count, there isn't that many. There aren't that many roles. It's not that easy. And um, so I find it difficult. I find it difficult to even get auditions for certain things or certain things. I'm like, oh, I totally want to audition for that. And I can't even get in the room. And it doesn't matter that I've done Sorry to Bother You and that I've done I'm Charlie Walker and it, I've done these things because um, oftentimes that's not what folks are looking at. And so it's a challenge always. And I think that one of the reasons why anyone who's had any modicum of success is it's based on their tenacity. It's based on their fortitude. It's just based on their like, okay, I'm gonna just keep going. Okay, I'm gonna just keep going. And that is why they get where they get anyone. But it is definitely challenging because there are so few roles. 
And it, it seems like, you know, there's more, it seems like there's a lot and it is better for sure. Um, but it also feels like we're always fighting for the one part, you know, we're fighting for that one part on that one show. We're fighting for those two parts on those two shows. And oftentimes those parts are going to go to somebody who has a lot more credits than I do. Somebody who, you know, has a lot more cachet. And so all you can do is be as good as you can be in the room and hope that that pays off not only then, but then later on down the line. What I think is uh, interesting and refreshing to see, you know, at least for me as a consumer of media, is when you see someone in a part that wasn't necessarily written in any like racially specific way. And it, you know, just I, I, I uh, there's a show uh, with a young African-American woman in the lead or is one of the lead characters and clear it could have like the role really could have been played by a white actor, an Asian actor, a Latin actor, it really could have been played by anybody. And it's so refreshing when you can see uh, diverse characters in roles where, you know, the first thing isn't all about like the uh, racial harassment of the day, you know, where you can really kind of see more richness in black life. Like we don't just, we have other things going on in the course of yeah, the day. Right. Um, do you, are you finding there's more opportunity in that respect? You know, do you, is it easier now to say, Hey, you know what? I know you maybe wrote this, uh, for a redhead, um, of Scandinavian descent, but I think it's for me, Sophia Fredericks. <laughs> <Do you> ever, <laughs> I don't know where I'm coming up with this stuff, but do you ever do that? That's hard. I think that's hard for everyone. I've heard many actors talk about uh, trying to get roles that were not intended for them. You know, people like Vanessa Williams and David Ayelowalt and like people who are incredibly famous. And I think that it is still hard because I think that people, and I, and I want to credit casting directors because I think casting directors often don't get the credit that they deserve for really seeing the possibility. The number of times a casting director said, listen, they're not looking for you, but you could do this because I've seen you and I know your skills. And I always love those auditions the most just because I feel a sense of freedom to say like, well, all right, well, I'm just going to do what I know I can do, knowing that this isn't necessarily written for me and see what happens. I, I think that that's so refreshing. And so I do see that more often. And I think it's often coming from casting directors. Unfortunately, I think sometimes what happens is that as things go higher up, they're thinking so narrowly about a thing, you know, especially when it comes to black women, because we're, we're so in a specific box for so many people. Um, and so I think that it is so refreshing, like you said, to see a, a show where you're like, oh, wow, that could be anybody. And I love the fact that this is a black person. I, that could be anybody. And I love seeing this diversity because it is possible. And, you know, when you cast the best people for the part, I always think of Good Place because I just felt like I loved the Good Place so much. And I just felt like all those actors were so perfect. And, <laughs> and there was all this diversity and it just didn't feel like it was on purpose. It didn't feel like they were like, oh, Chidi has to be a black man or this person has to be an Asian man. I mean, maybe they were, but maybe they weren't. But it, it just feels so refreshing to see a show where I just felt like 
all of the actors are so perfectly cast because as an actor, I don't care if I'm watching something and it's good and the actors are good. I don't care that I'm not in it. I don't care. You know, um, it's, 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 you know, when it doesn't seem like there's been that care around the, the characters and around the intention, um, that's when it can be frustrating. When it's like, oh, you just wanted somebody to be like, you know, uh, stereotypical in this way, which still happens, unfortunately, but things are better. I think that uh, even when, uh, you know, what you just said, that if the character's compelling and the story's compelling, you don't necessarily need to see yourself in it. That's why I think that the I'm Charlie Walker movie, uh, your uh, most recent movie, is such a, it's so compelling for so many people. Yes, it's the story of an African-American contractor in San Francisco in 1971 and all that that involves, but it's instructive for so many people um, who are trying to get something done that maybe somebody thinks you got no business doing or yes. that looks harder than it should be um, yes. or because how are you going to start this new business when you're paying gas, you're paying $7 a gallon and you got all these other things going on. So, um, you know, thank you for being a part of a story that I think can really uh, provide some degree of uplift for everybody. What's next for you, Sophia? What, uh, what, what, what's, what's coming up next? Nothing much. I kind of have a break right now. Um, I was just doing, I do a lot of theater, but uh, I don't have much coming up. I keep an eye out. You know, I have a website. I'm on the social medias. When did you know that you had to do this? Um, it was a real calling for me when I was a kid, but I didn't know, I think, until um, much later. I was nine when I saw a friend in a show and I was inspired to go on this path. And I kind of was bumbling along. If I was honest with myself, I was bumbling along for a while. Just like, I guess maybe, and then I guess I do this. Then I major in it, I guess. And then I guess I'll try this. And it really wasn't until I started working very steadily uh, for a while that it felt like, oh, this is really something I can do. But part of it is, 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 similar to what you were talking about in terms of the movie and, and Charlie Walker and his story, it's like the tenacity and the creativity that it takes, you know, this isn't, a, you can't just go down this path and say like, Oh, well, this person did this and then this and then this, and then they were cast in this and then it led to this. And then you don't know what your path is and what form it's going to take. And it does take a kind of fortitude where you just stick with it, but also a creativity like we see in the movie. You know, it takes um, sometimes, you know, reaching out to folks and saying like, hey, I see you're doing X. You know, I would love to come in for blah, 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 blah. Thank you. Like it takes, you know, putting yourself out there. It takes sometimes going to networking events. It takes sometimes going to a film festival when you have something in it to make yourself seen and make connections. Like you have to be creative and it's very taxing because you don't really know um, if this is going to lead to anything, first of all. <laughs> and it takes a while to figure out what's appropriate and what's not. I think sometimes also in this business, you can kind of, you know, uh, some people can go down a path. It's like, oh, you don't want to do that. Ooh, you don't want to say it like that. Oh, that's too much. Boundaries. You know? <laughs> Boundaries, you know. So it took, me, it, it took me a while to get to a place where I was like, this is what feels appropriate. This is how I know to navigate the world and to kind of like put myself out there. And so it's something that has been a calling for me for a while. 
and that I knew like, okay, like I can, I, I'm still scratching away a living at this thing after, after all this time, which it's gotta be, it's gotta mean something. So I'm just going to keep going down this path, you know, <laughs> and see where it takes me, you know, because it continues to surprise me. Well, we're really glad that it took you to uh, your latest project, I'm Charlie Walker, because I think that lots of people everywhere are going to get something positive and uplifting from this movie. Uh, Sophia Fredericks plays Ann Walker, Charlie Walker's wife, a wonderful and nuanced character in her own right. Sophia Fredericks, thank you so much for being here. I hope you will come back and please keep us posted uh, about your next project because we want to be there to support and watch. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for saying that. I look forward to supporting you. I thank you for your support by having me um, on your show. Thank you so much. Um, And you can catch the movie on demand on Amazon and Apple. I'm Charlie Walker. Thanks, Sophia.